Layoffs are an unfortunate reality in today's market, and impacted workers can spend days, weeks, or even months looking for a new role. After submitting hundreds of resumes into the void, maybe it's time to try something new. This is The Layoff Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of The Layoff Podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Alonzo Ackerman, and I am very excited today because I have had the pleasure. I'm already kind of having a side conversation, but we have a really great job seeker here, and her name is Carla Wright. And like I said, I am really excited because she has a lot of knowledge. She she has a lot of things that she's looking for, and we want to just kind of throw it to you. I'm going to give you the floor, let you introduce yourself, Carla. So glad to have you here today on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much, Marissa. I really appreciate the invitation to come on and, and be able to tell these stories because I think they are important for everybody to hear that we're all human beings at the end of the day and the jobs do not define who we are. They just are another tool in how we get by in life. So a little bit about me. I am a marketing director. I focus primarily on brand, brand strategy, brand campaigns, anything from copywriting to content to social media, SEO, PPC, um, mainly top of funnel, middle of funnel efforts. But again, that doesn't define who I am. I think overall, I'm just an educator and I love learning. And I was going to say, I think that was great because like earlier when we were getting kind of to know each other, I think that's what a lot of was what is missing and just every day as we were going through looking for jobs or going through the hiring process or interview process. I'm like, man, I miss having this type of conversation where you're just like, Hey, like, tell me about yourself. You know, who are you? What do you do? What is it like? And then the commonalities you can sometimes find with people, but obviously, you know, we're here to share our stories. Like you said, we're focused on layoffs here at the layoff podcast because we are affected by them trying to bridge that gap between the job seekers, recruiters and companies. But that being said right now with job seekers in particular, you know, we're seeing how much of an impact it has mentally, physically. So for you, Carla, you know, what has that journey been like? Have you been mentally impacted? What has that been like for you? Yeah, you know, so when it comes to layoffs, I think the first time anybody's laid off, it feels like the apocalypse happened and it's the end of the world. And I think a lot of people may or may not be willing to say they agree, but I think it comes with a lot of crying, a lot of anxiety, a lot of how am I going to pay bills? What's what's going to happen? Am I going to keep a roof over my head? Can we put food on the table? Can I put gas in my car? So I think the first time I was laid off, that's all the emotions I went through was it was a bunch of roller coasters, me calling friends and and just being like, I just want to be useful. <laughs> like, can somebody yeah. please give me a job? <laughs> like, you know, like I want to contribute. It's not like we don't want to work. We do want to work and we want to feel useful and we want to feel needed. But I think now my journey has brought me to embracing the positive of mm. A layoff. And I think that's almost paradoxical to say because people say if you're laid off, you're not making money. That's correct. But I have so much free time now that I can focus on projects that actually are meaningful to me that normally a nine to five job would eat up that time period where I couldn't be focusing on what actually matters to me. So with my current layoff, it's one of those where I'm taking the time to see the positive. I I am getting interviews, not haven't landed a job yet, but I'm still telling myself it's okay because I'm still trekking and making progress in my own project that I'm working on. So it's one of those where you can either focus on the negative and let it eat you up, or you can try 
and pivot and look at the positive. Granted, that definitely comes with some in-betweens of one day you may wake up and be like, I'm not making any money. (laughs) And the next day you wake up and you're like, hey, I have all this free time. I was able to sleep in. I'm not in sleep dead anymore. So it's kind of one of those of just finding a balance really for that mental health space of acknowledging it's okay to have your off days and cry. And it's okay to have the good days and, and be like, you know what? I'm going to relax. I'm going to catch up on my sleep. I'm going to focus on me and take that walk that I never took. So I think it's, that's kind of where I'm at is just finding the balance there mentally. Yeah. And you bring up a good point because I, I think I've spoken a couple of times. It's like a grief cycle. It's weird. Like you're like, yes. you said. I, I actually, the other day I was just like, I thought I was okay. And then I started like cursing out loud and I was like, should have been driving to cry, but I was, <laughs> you know, I felt like a, I was in a scene of a movie. I'm like crying. And I'm like, okay, who am I? This is a little much. Like, I need to get out of <laughs> But this. you feel better after <laughs> exactly. allowing yourself to cry like that. Well, like, the drive cry. As yeah, the, the old drive cry, you know, you're like <laughs> thinking you're in a movie. It, it could have rained, but it's not. It's 129 degrees right now. So you're like, it's too but, hot for this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what am I doing? I'm like a whole mess. But I think it's interesting because what I've noticed is I I have spoken to other individuals like you where it's not only like the first layoff you ever have been involved with or had been impacted by, but it's, you know, your second one or third or whatever it is. And so it's interesting because your first one, and forgive me if I'm wrong on that. So you felt this like even back in like 2016, 2017, is that correct? Correct. Okay. And then. Tell me about that because you have had a really interesting trek in your career. And when I was like looking at it, it also aligned with a lot of big things that were happening in our industry. Cause I know you're also like in the tech industry as well. Can you talk us through that? And are there any trends you saw that aligned with what was happening when you were laid off? Like, is there anything that you're looking back and I'm like, wow, like this is interesting. Like, you know, looking back on even, even the first one, the signs are always there is what I've come to learn. And I've gotten to the point now where I can start reading the room, so to say, where I'm like, something's going to happen. Something like if we're missing information, if I'm asking, I've just kind of learned in the journey about, for instance, I'm coming from marketing. So if you can't give me a straight answer about budget, Mm. why? Why can't you approve $200? What, What is going on here? So there's little things in in my job where I have learned that if you can't answer financial questions within my own role, something's going on. You can't give me a straight answer on, can we get approval for a new hire? Something's going on. Whether it's, they don't know what they want. They don't have the funds. They're not telling us it, you know, maybe we're not hitting revenue marks. Maybe we're not hitting retention with customers. And therefore, you know, it's not included in the hey, we're not sure if we're going to hit the the mark this year, you know, whatever the case may be. There's yeah. been lots of these revenue aspects that have affected marketing, which have affected my job. And that's where I think those silos do a very good job of keeping people in the dark and understanding of, hey, some of us are setting off flags, something's happening within the company and they are not telling us because Guess what, guys? We can add. We can two yeah. and two. If it's coming out to three, something's missing. What's missing? We, yeah. we may not have the information, but if, as I love to tell everybody, I am a big picture person. And if you cannot fill in the gaps for me as to the entire picture so it makes sense, I'm already setting off alarms. What is going on? So in my first job, it was one of those where they couldn't settle on KPIs. 
And I was like, guys, it's KPIs. It's not, it's not, not that hard. It shouldn't be that hard. And it wasn't even like overarching. Exactly. It wasn't even overarching marketing KPIs. It was my own KPIs. What is there to argue about? Yeah. <laughs> so that's okay. not that big of a deal type of thing. So there's things like that where I was just kind of understanding that, you know, looking back on it, it had to do with, how do I put this in a political way, PR way? <laughs> right they probably didn't have the revenue to promise or guarantee bonuses or merit at the end of the year. So if they had a reason to say that an individual was not hitting their KPIs or meeting peak performance, they didn't have to pay it out. And I've seen this over and over again, where people, wow. they keep moving the goalposts, but the big picture is they didn't want to pay out for whatever you reason. Literally, I'll just say what you're saying is so valid in a very personal way to me right now. <laughs> You're right, because the thing was, in my situations or situations that I've had, red flags are there. And I guess my question would be, and of course, I'm not looking at you like an expert, but I'm just curious about what your thoughts are. When you see those red flags, but you're still not in a financial position to be like, okay, I should be saving. And then you are putting your applications out there, but you're still not getting responses. How should we prepare then if you're financially, it's not accessible to you getting a new job still not accessible to you do you think there's like some middle ground do you have any advice there as someone that's been through a few layoffs yourself what are your thoughts i think the you know me not bringing in my own personal revenue for the household yeah i, I think that's a everybody can be like hey that's the most stressful thing you know how are we yeah. going to make bills how are we going to keep the roof over our head food in our mouths gas in the car type of thing so to kind of backtrack just a little bit, I grew up in Florida and currently I live in Utah. And the story I like to tell everybody is in Florida, they believe wholeheartedly in everybody is for themselves. Meaning mm -hmm. that if you get laid off or fired, doesn't doesn't matter, they're in at will state. Yeah. The unemployment that comes in max is like a hundred bucks a week. What am I going to do with 400 bucks a month? And they won't up the cost. They, they won't meet the standard minimum needed for just cost of living, rent, yeah. food, gas, utilities. 400 is groceries right now for yeah, a lot of that, people. And, just, that's me, and it's not even the full month. That's not yeah. even the full month. So I got used to having to work multiple jobs. Mm. You know, whether that was freelancing out, looking out for whatever I can, you know, just kind of looking for what I would call easier jobs for myself. So that way I could take on a couple at a time if I needed, which is easier said than done because you do have to go out and do your own basically sales and marketing at your own time and, you know, figure out a way to just kind of work. And you definitely are working harder. That would Absolutely. be one is to kind of just look for jobs that if you're a director level or manager level, look for entry level. Honestly, it sucks to say that because you almost feel like you're downgrading. But at the same time, if you're not in a financial spot where you, you're like, hey, I really need to make something. My suggestion, go out, look for businesses that actually make you happy. Like you're yeah. happy to shop there and you don't even think about it, but you're happy to tell people like, hey, yeah, I just got these new shoes from I'm a boot person. Yeah. So I'll say Freebird shoes. <laughs> so I love Freebird. <laughs> Give me yeah. a job, Freebird. So, <laughs> so, you know, Freebird shoes, I'm always like, oh, I love them. They're handmade. Like I yeah. love the craftsman. I love the non-perfection in those shoes. And I love, you know, the breaking in the leather smell. So 
there's stuff like that where I'm just like, you can always look for companies that, yes. you know, you already love and enjoy interacting with to see if they even have an opening. And if it, even if they don't, golden rule that I always tell my friends and family, the worst they will tell you is no. And you're already at the no spot. So just ask, just email them, can't call get them, worse. Stuck. you can't get any worse. So just ask. And I've always had so much success in my personal and professional life with just asking. Yeah. <laughs> like people were like, how did you do that? How'd you, I just asked. I literally yes. like, if I saw a, a gap in something, Hey, let me fill your gap. I can, you know, I can do this, this, and this for you and whatever cost works for you works for me. Like, cause I'm hungry yeah. at that time and I just need some money coming in. So that's one route. And then the other route that I like to advocate for is create your own jobs, create your own projects, create your own work. Yes, you're not going to get money right off the bat. But this is like I'm saying, if you're already financially stable, make use of the time that you already have the free time, work on projects. You know, if you want to monetize them, go for it. If you just want to do it as like a 501c3 type of action, then go for that too. But try and find the good in the situation, even as crappy as it may be. I think everything you said has so much merit. I mean, for me personally, right? Like that's what I'm seeking. Like in this podcast, yes, I want to help people. I'm here to share stories of job seekers. I'm a job seeker myself. Like you said, I'm like, hey, I'm going to shout out all the companies I want real quick. <laughs> but you're right. And I think it's interesting because you're seeing, and I, I speak on that a little bit in a previous episode, is that we're seeing a lot of people saying, okay, you think you took away something from me, but what you really did is allow me this time to really reflect, really figure out what I really want, really put boundaries on what I'm not going to do, even if the job market is the way it is, even if it's like this for a little while longer, because I have nothing but time and I'm resilient, I can figure it out. And so I'm wondering your thoughts on because I've seen a big trend now where companies are now saying, hey, we're going to put clauses in that say you shouldn't have a second stream of income ever. We want you to be focused there. Do you think that's an unfair thing that we're seeing? Do you think they're picking up that this is what's happening in the landscape? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think if I'm going to put my legal hat on now. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you have one. That's great. <laughs> so I'm going to put my legal hat on. I would say from one side of the story, companies yeah. do have the right to put those clauses in to say, hey, we don't want you working for another company. Only if it has to do with an infraction of intellectual property, meaning mm -hmm. that if you're within geospatial data and you happen to work in, in that industry, they probably don't want you, especially if you're a software engineer, to be mm -hmm. working dual jobs with another geospatial company that is also doing with intellectual property because that's all... That's all IP. Yes, that's that's all secrets. That's all, you know, like, hey, we have trademarks on this. Like from a legal standpoint, they have every right. And really, I, I if I owned a company like that, I'd probably put something Makes like sense. that in there too. You want to protect yourself. That's really where they're coming from. On the other half of that, though, so on the other end of that argument, I would also say if it's not within keeping the same example, geospatial data, but let's say I get a second job in fintech and I happen to pivot over there and has nothing touches nothing in the geospatial industry. No, I don't agree with that. I do not think they have the right to say that if I can manage both jobs successfully and complete all of my work as asked and as outlined within my statement of work, then they have no reason to say what I can and cannot do outside of business hours or outside of my work frame, however you want to look at it. 
even if I hire out team members, I tell them the same thing. I, I'm very transparent in the sense of I'm not a traditional nine to five person. I'm not the person looking for you in your chair. Because if you get your project done in four hours and you have the rest of the week open, hey, bye, go do whatever. I'm not going to be up your butt about it. As long as you got the work done, it was done correctly. You're not a roadblock or a bottleneck, yeah. then bye, enjoy your life. Yeah. That And that's how I think it really should be is that because, again, jobs are not people. People are not their jobs. It's just yeah. something we do that we either have a passion for or it's something that we're just looking to get to the next step stone in our life or our career. I love it. And just so for our viewers, or our listeners to know, Carla here has a legal background and I'm going to let you the whole intent of the show is for you to put yourself out there, say what you're looking for, what your your next step is, like what you're seeking. So what does that look like? It sounds like you have some things that you're pivoting currently. What is that? What has that been for you? Currently, what I am looking for is another director position. I am open to vice president positions uh, just because in, in my career, I have had, we'll say the luck. <laughs> of entering into jobs where either A, there was nobody who knew my job or B, the entire team left and nobody was left who knew how to do my job. So my entire career has been me educating myself because there was no one else to turn to. It was just me. That whole saying of being thrown into the frying pan is not even close to what I had to endure. It's literally like being a freshman in high school and getting thrown into AP senior classes. I have no idea what's going on. So a lot of it is just kind of educating myself. I will always apply for jobs that are, you know, as some people will definitely look at and say, hey, you're not qualified. Hey, none of us were really qualified at one point. That's not going to stop me from applying because, again, the worst you'll say is no, and I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, look, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. So, you know, it's one of those things where either you can hire me above knowing that I do not have the current skill set, but I guarantee you I will learn it. I can yeah. always learn what's going on within industries. I can always learn what's going on by asking questions from sales, by asking questions from customers. Like that's that's all we're doing in marketing. Yeah. It's just what is the market research? What it's just asking questions, researching, evaluating, testing, repeat. That's the essence of marketing. So if I don't meet your skill sets now, I will meet them in the future because I am working on personal projects where even when I'm not employed with a company, I am still employing myself and outsourcing myself to other jobs so that I'm still continually growing, even if I'm not being paid. It's not the pay that makes my experience. It's the actual hands-on experience that makes my experience. So I am looking for director roles or senior director roles or even vice president of marketing. I think that's a great target for you, just based on what I've seen on your LinkedIn profile, which is accessible through the website. It'll have a link to the open direct, all of that. And you'll know that in the show notes, of course. <laughs> but also just talking about those personal projects, are those anything that you could kind of share or is that kind of down? Is that like the freelance side of you right now that's kind of getting all of those additional skills like you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. The I, I can share some quick details. So I'm working on a educational political podcast. There is a gap right now currently in the country, in the United States, of people who, especially 18 to 25-year-olds, who are interested in politics, but they are not interested in the mudslinging, as we say, in that industry. They don't want the bias that comes with it. They just want to learn, like, hey, what does gerrymandering mean? 
What are water rights in Utah? What are fair boundaries? You know, like how, like all these different terms that we see coming up on bills locally that a lot of people are like, I don't really know what that is. And then they Google it. And even the Google answers don't really fully explain what it is. So I am working with community leaders right now, with professors, with uh, politicians, 501c3 people that are really involved in these sets, you know, especially here in Utah. Another one is saving the Great Salt Lake because that yeah. not only affects the environment, it affects the economy. And a lot of people don't see those connections. So the educational podcast is sitting here not to yell at people, not to say one side is right, one side is wrong. It's not like that. It's literally meant to be as if you were coming into a classroom and you just wanted to learn politics beyond your high school 101 economics yeah. type of thing. You want Maybe you want to get involved. If you didn't vote because you didn't like the candidate, get involved. But in order to get involved, you need to know the issues. So that's where we're starting from is just educating people with our target audience being 18 to 30. But it's open to anybody. But we really are focusing on dumbing down a lot of yeah. these policies and explaining them in a very simple manner of this is what it is. This is what it isn't. And explaining the propaganda if we need to of why people are pushing certain items or not pushing them. I love it because I think it's so like perfect timing in the in the world we live in. And I will be honest, I'm a little above 18 to 30, but I'm not ashamed to say that would be so relevant to me because yes. you're right. I go into like even just local elections, right? We're so focused on like, you know, the presidency or whatever. And then mm -hmm. I go into my local elections and I'm like, huh. Huh. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> huh. I don't know that term. And I really hate that I'm this person right now. I'm going to go ahead and select whatever and just yeah. say, okay, just what whoever's under that bracket, that's whatever. And, and I, that's what a lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is something that I know a lot of people do because I talk to people. They're like, yeah, I do that too. There are issues on bills to, to this day where I read them and I'm like, you purposely put in double negatives. <laughs> so now I'm like rereading it with my English brain and I'm like... So I don't not want to do this. Uh, so I want to do this. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's the worst. Yes, and, they purposely um, do that. They purposely do that. That's that's on purpose. Well, and I think it's kind of interesting because it kind of leads into the conversation we were having like before the call when I was talking about since you were saying you have legal knowledge and everything. And I was like, you know, what about this Warren Act? So what Warren is is the worker adjustment and retraining notification, which is a required act in the United States, which mandates that employers with 100 or more employees provide at least 60 days advance written notice of a plant closing or mass layoff affecting 50 or more employees. So I remember we were chatting earlier and I had mentioned that to you and, and even for you, you know, because you know, we're all educating ourselves. We're all learning. I just had recently learned this myself. Were you aware of that act at all? No. And when we're doing this off call, you know, before we, we hopped on here, now that you reread it again, I'm like, wait, there's a, yeah, <laughs> there's a slow bell ringing in my head. So I think I was a little aware, but not aware of the act name or anything like that. Yeah. And I think maybe that's where a lot of people are. Like for me, I was kind of in the dark. I, I remember like during, cause I'm a survivor of a few layoffs. And during that time I was trying to figure out things and I will say transparently, I should have been doing more, like you said, like look at red flags, planning a little bit better for myself. You know, that's on me. I acknowledge that, but I was looking at stuff like this. And then of course now, especially with this podcast, I'm like, I really, if there's people out there that are like me where they really didn't know 
or like, even like you said, it's ringing a bell, but it's not like you're like fully aware of what that even meant. I think it's time for us to really bring that to light because I think there's just so many people being laid off. And I am just so curious if that's going to help someone in some way. We have a tracker. We're hoping that the guy that created this tracker actually will be on the show. So, so if he listens, please be on the show. We really want to talk to you <laughs> um, because it's very interesting. It's in a spreadsheet and it's pulled from open data. And it's also listed by state because, you know, states have the right to be able to adjust it or just align to the federal standards. So again, I'm just putting it out there. It's, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting. You know, you and I, Carla, we both were like, what was this? What is this? I'm interested in learning more about yeah, absolutely. You know, how that affects people. If yeah. it does, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's an, I think it's an important point to drive home with people to remind them that you have rights, even if you're fired, you have rights that like you don't have to just be like, I'm fired. Now what? Yeah. Go talk to a lawyer. Go talk to an employment lawyer. Maybe you're maybe it was wrongful termination. Do they have the documentation to provide to back up? So to kind of segue into this a little bit, I've had some experience here too, where at one company I was put on a PIP. I was put on a, a personal improvement plan. I, hate that. <laughs> I know. And it was literally because I was doing five jobs. I was doing five different jobs because my team was gone. So we ended up finally getting a director into the role. And within a month, she put me on a PIP because she was like, why are you doing all these things? And I was like, because I was told to. What do you mean? You think I just wanted to just do this? Like, no, I was told to cover for person A person B, person C, do my job. And then in the interim now, fill in your role. <laughs> like, so why wow. are you putting me on a PIP? So, and it was one of those where she didn't even like expressly say it was a PIP. She was just leading me on in the sense of questioning of like, would you agree that you've been dropping the ball on some projects? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Because I was driving home the point that I need help. I yeah. cannot do all of these jobs full. Like I, I can't. These are it, all different roles. Here. All different roles. I was not hired for all these different roles. I was hired for this role and you want this from me. And mm-hmm. so she put me on a PIP and I got off of it. No problem. No, no issues there. And then six months passed and they fired me and they said it was because of the PIP. And I had to look into it because a, by law, when you get put on a PIP, they was, should have had at least two to three interactions with you before they even put you on the PIP, meaning that like your manager or whoever you report to should have said, hey, I've noticed problems with this project. What's going on here? And then you just kind of talk about it and find out some way to kind of mitigate or lessen the load and then go about your day. And if they still have problems, you're supposed to talk to them again. And say like, hey, you're still having problems. What's going on here? And then the third time, if they're still having problems, then you can put them on a PIP. But this did not happen in my case. This person literally came in, started a job within a month, had not talked to me about any of the projects, had no insight into everything I was working on, just put me on a PIP. So that was already error number one. And then number two was the fact that they used that six months later after I'd already gotten off of it as the basis for a firing. So I turned around and filed for unemployment. Now, a lot of people will say you can't get unemployment when you're fired, to which I will say that is not true because I got it. 
because I argued with the state. I was like, they did not talk to me, just like I said with those things. At no point did they ever say this was a problem up until she started her job and then a month later put me on a PIP for whatever reason. And then to pivot more than six months, really. It was more like seven to eight months later and say, hey, we're firing you because of this PIP. Like that's wrongful termination. And that's pretty much what happened. And the state agreed with me because they ended up calling the company and the company could not provide the documentation for it. So the state came back and said, no, you were fired unjustly. Here is your unemployment. So even if you get fired, it's important to remember. And really, this is what I would tell anybody, whether you report to me or not, document everything that is happening in your job. Do not, even if somebody's so nice to you, it does not matter. You need to protect yourself and you need to document what happens at your job because you may not realize that what they did is against the law. And honestly, it was because of that documentation that I had that I was able to go forth immediately and be like, here is all of my exhibits. Because again, that's where my legal background comes in. I always document everything, conversations, decisions that were made, background into what was happening, exhibits. Like I literally put on my legal hat when I do marketing because I want to make sure that there is no miscommunication anywhere along the line. That is so important. (laughs) You're right. And I 100% agree with you. But I also say like, you know, I've been in that position where you're right. Like if you're, you're like, oh, well they're so nice or I feel like we're created up that bond is not real guys. Nope. <laughs> at the end of the day, you're at a job. Right. And I yep. think that it's good for people to understand like, yes, sometimes you do create friendships or whatever, but you always should be protecting yourself. Like Carlos says, because it'll only serve you well in case of something that happens like you were mentioning, because I do feel like that happens more often than people realize. And mm-hmm. I've seen it in my own career and with different companies, not to me personally all the time. You know, sometimes it's my friends and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy. And then it's so easy for you to just be like, I don't want to fight it. I, 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 I don't think I should. But I feel like now, especially nowadays, I'm hearing more and more people say like, no, I enough is enough. I follow this one influencer on LinkedIn, Dan Brown, who I'm hoping will be on the show at some point too, because he has really also been putting a lot of stuff for talking to like job seekers, employees, people like saying, Hey, these are the things that are available to you. Like use them. This is the knowledge that you should have, but if you don't, it's okay. And I think with your podcast, even that you're going to have coming out, those type of legal terminologies will be helpful for us to know too, I think as well, because there's just so much legal jargon. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that your podcast is probably going to be really, it's really needed, but it's also important too, you know, personally to be able to go out and research on your own. I think we all should be doing that. That's like I said, that's what I've been doing. I have a lot of free time on my hands. Yep. I don't think people realize, well, you give people free time, they'll, the information's at a click of the button. Uh, Gianna said that in episode two, and I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> yes. And she loves researching, yes. <laughs> FYI, for Gianna. <laughs> I, uh, same, Gianna. I am the same. I love research. I love data analytics. So, mm-hmm. you know, here we are. One of the things, too, like, lastly, because I know we're kind of getting along, but I just feel like it's so important. Everything you're saying, I hope someone out there knows, like, it being you have legal knowledge. You have the background of marketing and a director position. You've managed people. You've filled in for gaps in different 
areas in the department, I think that that speaks volumes of who you are. And, and I think you'd be a really big asset in my eyes to a company out there. Are you still wanting to stay in tech or are you open to other industries? What's that like for you? Or are you wanting to stay remote? I know you've been remote too, like me for like a really long time. Is that, you know, what you'd prefer? Yeah. So I, I do prefer to work remote just because I, I have been for the last at least five, seven years, yeah. I'd say. So definitely used to the remote, definitely looking more for jobs in the remote area. And because I am a masochist, yes, I am still looking for tech work, <laughs> even though I know it's volatile, even though I know it's, you know, especially with SVB closing, I mean, we just see the flags everywhere and we're like, yeah, let's stay in tech. Okay. I, I love the challenges that tech bring because it, we're, we're constantly learning learning about new projects and innovations that my ADHD brain would yeah. not be able to even put together, but people can bust out AI. I know. <laughs> like just the innovations, like just being here, marketing them and learning about them is enticing enough to stay in the industry. But specifically, I think I'm looking more at startups. I like the grind of startups. I like the fact that it's just kind of hey, we're going to set up the policies ourselves and, yeah. you know, and the procedures and and kind of just wing it really until we figure out what works and what doesn't work. And that's usually more my my flow anyways, is just let's just get the work done, see if it works. If it doesn't work, let's take it back to the drawing board, test it out again, come up with something new and innovative and go back out to market and see if that works. Because that's really what marketing is all about. And yeah. that's why I love tech startup culture, really. That's the sweet yeah. spot that I'm looking for in a job. Yeah, we're the same in that way. I've actually only worked in startup and in different phases. I've had some that were a little, they had gone to a certain point in the series. But yeah, I, I guess maybe I'm a bit, I love it too. I'm like you. I'm like, you know, I've worn so many hats because mm -hmm. you know, in marketing, and because I, I was in marketing for five years myself and they would, people, it's hard sometimes when they're asking you like, you know, when you're applying or whatnot, what did you do? And I'm like, uh, where do I begin? I mean, <laughs> everything. <laughs> what do you mean? What did I do? Yeah, basically, you know, I I did this, I did that. Oh, by the way, one time I was ironing on decals for no reason to get like you know because there was like this weird photo shoot that happened. Like, you know? And I think it's interesting because that's hard sometimes to describe. Have you had that experience when you're going through the hiring process where like because I've been asking everybody this, you know, we know right now as job seekers, it's one, it's a really very hard job market on top of things like you when you're looking at the tech sector it's volatile there's a lot of vast layoffs going on and then as we apply we're getting these auto rejections or whatever it is what would you change in that process if you could i think the first thing that comes to mind is understanding what you're asking for so there was a job i applied for and in the interview process it was for a b2b marketing director role and it was over communications because I do also have a public relations background. So it was essentially for two hats. It was for marketing director and communications and it was for B2B fintech. That's what the job posting said. So I made it through the initial interview round with the recruiter and I got an email a week later saying that they wanted me to take a skills assessment. And I was like, okay, whatever you want. Yeah. So they send me the skills assessment. So it says, you know, hey, you only need about 10 minutes. It's not that crazy type of thing. And I was like, okay. So I open up the skills assessment. And the very first thing it asked me is about e-commerce. And I was like, 
what does this have to do with B2B? Yeah. <laughs> the B2B? Those are two like totally different sectors. Like it, it actually started diving into e-commerce and D to C, direct to consumer, and more about like the the conversions wow. in there. Now, in theory, I know all the conversions for whether it's B2B, B2C, D2C, e-commerce. I know that. But I've needed. never put it in. A, yeah, I've never needed it. I've never touched D to C. I've never touched e-commerce. I don't like that. I don't like doing that type of marketing. I prefer to stay in B to B or B to C. So why are you advertising for a job that's B to B in fintech, and you're asking me a skills assessment, and the very first question out the door is D to C e-commerce? Yeah. It was already like the whole test itself was B to C, which. Again, that's not what was advertised. It was B2B. Yeah. So it was B2C questions and D2C slash e-commerce questions was the whole skills assessment. And I was like, what? I'm confused as to what this role is about now because this skills assessment. I did. And they were like, oh, well, we're not, um, you know, we just wanted to make sure like if we have events. And I was like, events is not D2C movement though. So why are you, again, giving me a skills assessment test that has no relation to the job in which you're hiring for. And I mean, they didn't really come back to me with an answer after that, other than like, well, we have events and we want to make sure that we can hook up like Eventbrite to Salesforce so we can track conversions. Like It was just the weirdest. It was an immediate red flag where I was like, you don't even know what you want. Like yeah. You don't even know what you are asking for. So it's one of those where I think that's probably my number one pet peeve is the fact that as job interviewers, we're all going out, we're all tweaking our resumes, tweaking our cover letters to match the job description or the keywords that we think the AI is picking up <laughs> on just so we can skirt in there. But the reality is, is even when we get in there, it's annoying and it's a time waster. And I get very angry <laughs> when I make it that far only to find out that the company didn't even know what exactly they were hiring for, which in of itself is a red flag. Because if you don't know the position that you're actually are looking for, or the exact need or problem that you have that hiring this role could solve, then maybe you should go back, rethink what it is that you exactly need and hire out according to that. No, 100%. I think, uh, again, like just referencing some of our past episodes, I think the biggest thing we've take away, we've said it's like, put it on hold. Okay. Yes. Carla, you've given us so much insight. I'm glad that you also got to touch on what you're looking for and what you're doing. I really wish you well. I mean, I am going to be first one side up on that podcast. If you want to share a link, whatever, if, if it's available or not, we could definitely put that also in your bio. Carla will have her short bio on the open to work section. We're going to push out her social media to talk about her episode when it comes up. And then we'll also do, for those of you that are not big listeners, we do have the blog recaps. Not as fun, you know, hear the quippy banter, but I will put that out there for you too. But is there any last parting words that you'd like to say, Carla? I mean, I've just truly enjoyed our conversation today. <laughs> I loved it too. I think last words is don't be afraid to go out and shoot for the stars. It's honestly the worst you're going to hear is no. Yeah. <laughs> and you're already at the no stage, you're guys. So no. you're already here. <laughs> you're already at the worst. Welcome. So, <laughs> welcome. Look at the best. And that is you can always ask questions. You can always ask to create a job just for you. It, especially if you're in marketing, you already know how to market, market yourself. You are your own product and just take care of yourself and just shoot for the stars. Love it. 
thank you so much, Carla. And with that, this is the latest episode. Stay tuned for more. The Layoff Podcast is hosted by me, Marissa Alonzo Ackerman, with production by Abel Ozuna and editing help from Lauren Lynch. Our music is by J.A.K. The views and opinions expressed in the show are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent. Subscribe now so you never miss an episode. You can follow us on LinkedIn at The Layoff Podcast, and you can connect with our guests or apply to be a guest on our website at www.thelayoffpod.com. Thank you.